Big D Entertainment, in association with Dipsy Doodle Productions, presents The Dave Holly Hour. Brought to you by Posh Boutique at the Bridges at 57th, The Sky in Tea, XL Chiropractic, Quality Nails, Jesse Moffat Entertainment, and Sonny's Pizzeria. The Dave Holly Hour features Sioux Empire Arts and Entertainment Conversations. A true lover of arts, entertainment, good food, and fun times, including an occasional Jack Daniels. Okay, so a few Jack Daniels. Here he is, Dave Holly. Welcome, everybody, you Sioux Empire Arts and Entertainment lovers, and happy Thanksgiving. America's storyteller Jeff Gould joins us today. He had been the Thanksgiving Day guest our first year. And he's even more stories now as he tells us about his involvement in Christmas radio shows, live shows, and being an author. Plus, we'll tell you who gets this week's honorable mention as well as draw for another winner of pizza with a podcaster. But first, let's pop the cork on the bubbly little show. Time to grab your favorite beverage, lift it high, and toast it to being Thursday, a.k.a. Weekend Eve. Hey, the weekend isn't around the corner, it's here! So long, hump day in your frumpy way. We say hello to Thursdays with opening nights. The weekend is near and we can see the bright lights. Yes, Thursday, you're so hearty, we can't wait for Friday. So a day early, we start the party. All right. Here on this Thanksgiving Day, if you're listening today, then lift up whatever you want. You can even lift up the turkey. Whatever you want to toast. But we toast to pie. Yes, we're going to go traditional by having a pumpkin pie. However, not so traditional as we're going to pick up and eat and consume one of the highly touted and raved about Costco pumpkin pies. So that's what we happen to be having. So no matter what style you have and if it's homemade, God bless you. And make sure you throw plenty of cool whip on top as well. So here's to pie. It's time to pick a lucky winner of Pizza with a Podcaster. Everyone that follows a Dave Holly Hour on Facebook or Instagram is automatically entered to win a free pizza from Sonny's Pizzeria. We draw a winner each week, and this week we say congratulations to Tasha Hoke. We'll be in touch with you, Tasha, to get you all set up for some jowl-dropping, show-stopping, thin-crust pizza. Pizza with a Podcaster is brought to you by Sonny's Pizzeria, right across from USF at 26th and Waltz, and Sunny's at 81 on South Phillips. Check out the very fun and incredibly flavorable menu online at sunnyspizzeria.com. All right, what's made Dave smile in the past week? Well, I'm kind of going to cheat again like I did last week, and uh, we're going to be talking about the rest of the weekend. And honorable mention goes to downtown Sioux Falls for putting on the Parade of Lights tomorrow night. 
Record numbers are expected because of mild late November weather. If you're attending, by the way, please wave to the old curmudgeon that's on the late night booming float. Mr. Potter's going to make an appearance there. Uh, so please wave to the old curmudgeon on the late night booming float. By the way, up next, America's storyteller Jeff Gould on the Dave Holly Hour. Comedy magician and hypnotist Jesse Moffitt's right. He can't play the piano, but he can sure entertain crowds with his amazing magic and clever quips. His shows always make the participants the stars, especially when they've fallen asleep on stage. Uh, I mean, they've been hypnotized. Are you the party planner in your group? Then you owe it to your group to make the event magical, even if it puts you to sleep. Here's how. For booking information, go to Jesse Moffat Entertainment on Facebook. That's J-E-S-S-E. M-O-F-F-I-T-T or call 605-929-0964. Helping women feel empowered and confident is what Posh Boutique at the Bridges at 57th does while supplying high-quality clothing that fits your lifestyle, personality, and price point. Whether you want comfy and cozy, casual attire, or something for a special occasion, Posh provides quality, selection, and value. They carry sizes extra small to 3X and have something appropriate for any age. Feel empowered and get confident. Posh Boutique at the Bridges at 57th. For him, every day is a Holly Day. Here again, Dave Holly. Welcome back, everyone. So great to have you along here on this Thanksgiving Day. Mm. And some of us don't take the day off. We will celebrate uh, later on, I'm sure. Uh, and you know what I always like to say at the beginning of the interview? It's always a pleasure to talk Sioux Empire Arts and Entertainment. And it's, it's always a pleasure to talk to this man. Jeff Gould, America's Storyteller. How are you? Well, Merry Christmas. I, I, well, it's Thanksgiving. It's Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving. Yes. My my, my wife, uh, no, it was my daughter, was telling me there's like this image, you know, the old Jaws posters, right? You know, uh -huh. the girl on the sh well, now it's like this turkey that's kind of floating, and underneath is this Christmas tree <laughs> with the with the teeth <laughs> like the shark. You know, poor Thanksgiving does not get its day. It's devoured. Yeah, yeah. I have a, uh, my, my best friend actually refers to Thanksgiving as pound for pound, the best <laughs> holiday. Yeah. Because, you know, there's not all this, hey, we got to unwrap your, we got to, mm, right. and, and so forth. People just tend to relax. They got their big meal. They watch football or yeah. do whatever and just uh, have a, have an enjoyable time. And then our dear friend, uh, Mike Hendrickson. Sure. Uh, loves the night before Thanksgiving. Mm. He refers to it as Thanksgiving Eve, and I, I kind of have uh, gone along with that as well. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, because he says, you know, in a small town especially, it's the night that all the kids come back from college yes. for the first time. Yes. And some of them hang out and go downtown or whatever. And the ones that are old enough to go into a pub sure. and partake, Start to tell stories. Yeah, they light it up don't about they? the things that uh, you know they thought they always got away with, <laughs> and now the parents can sit there and go, "No, we knew the whole we, time. We knew <laughs> you couldn't knew. pull anything over us. Yeah, you think we were born at night, but not last night. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, in fact, I I've pushed, I, I've told Mike about it, but I would really like to use this as a civics class assignment that we actually start in the state legislature. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. 
to have the night before Thanksgiving declared statewide as Thanksgiving Eve. Oh, I th- yeah. I think it would be a great lesson for, you know, say, uh, middle schoolers. How the uh, process would work. Exactly. You know, nice. what it takes to, to become a bill, you know, what it would go through. Oh, that gets a good idea. Yeah. And so one of these days we will account. My daughter that. teaches one of those classes. So, yeah. Oh, there's Well, the, now, now wait a minute. And okay. She, she tells me in the state of South Dakota, it's very rigorous. They teach it in 6th, 7th, 8th, whatever. And I don't remember if it lines up on her grade level, but she is in the process. Okay. So tomorrow when I talk to her, I will definitely say that would be a good thing to work on as a class project. Yeah, Yeah, I think it'd be great. All right. But anyway, what do you do typically for Thanksgiving? I will drive three hours to see my sister, Mm -hmm. and we will have, uh, you know, turkey and all the usual suspects, and then we will drive three hours home. We will get to, so we have four daughters, and we'll try to get as many of them there as can, I think it's true that whether no matter what your age is, you're always trying to figure out where Thanksgiving is. Is it at his side or her side or the parents' side or the grandma's side or the brother's side? And every 20 years, you've got to remake that decision, right? <laughs> because the older person either doesn't want to do it anymore or can't do it anymore. And then what does that look like? And so I think we've decided that it will be at my sister's house for the next 20 years. Right. And so she, got would, that laid out she would be the matriarch of okay. it, right? Man. She really loves to have the family over. She doesn't see my kids very much. It's a hassle. It's a long drive. Yeah. And we also say, I'm sure you have the same situation. Which side of the family gets Thanksgiving and which side doesn't? If they live in the same town, you go to both. If they live three, four hours away, you got to pick. And that always always causes issues. Some alternate, well, Thanksgiving right. and then Christmas, and then and it's and then it's do it opposite the next year, etc. It's like a D Day launch, isn't it? <laughs> the, the 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 thought that goes into it. It's like these state dinners where who sits next to who and let's juggle around the placemats, right? It's it's more involved than you think. And of course, who gets stuck at the children's table? Hmm. Or who gets to go to the children's table? That might be a better question. <clears throat> because the if chi- you're lucky enough. Yes. Well, the kids now, the children's table you get stuck at if they're like under the age of two and then you wear what they're eating. <laughs> when you get older than that, it, it's kind of fun. And if the children's table includes the college kids who came home for Thanksgiving Eve, that's a great time. Yeah. You keep your mouth shut and just keep just listening. listening. Just listen. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully they forget you're there. And that boy, you really learn stuff there, don't you? <laughs> well, earlier when you were talking about, you know, that besides the turkey, there will be everything else. What of the everything else is your favorite? Oh, you know, that first bite. When, when you think about Thanksgiving, the very first bite that goes into your mouth will be the most delicious because you're hungry, right? With me, it's going to be uh, a little bit of dressing sage dressing typical uh some potatoes on on the on that fork and then kind of dipped in gravy that is the bite you go for the whole schmear i tried it you know that first sensory just kind of bang go all right so is stuffing then the your favorite this side absolutely okay yeah you know how many because i just had to host trivia the other day mm-hmm. and this was the bonus question that you know whoever came closest would uh Maybe it it meant that they would get the prize versus somebody else. Mm -hmm. Since uh, 2018, it was reported that uh, Kraft Foods, which uh, owns 
stovetop stuffing, mm -hmm. approximately how many boxes do they sell at Thanksgiving? Uh, in the season of Thanksgiving. In the season of Thanksgiving. Oh, my goodness gracious. Now, am I going to say $2 billion and you'll get mad at me because it's only no. 600000 or something like that? I I'm going to say, okay, so there's 300. Let's say there's 100 million families, and let's say that uh, 30 million don't know a dang thing about stuffing. And so let's just say that half of those people will buy it. So 15 million. 60 million. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> that's not bad. No, sixty million, six, six zero. Wow, yeah. wow, that's a lot of stuff. That's a lot of stuff. And, and I heard it. Speaking of craft, that uh, macaroni and cheese is making a really full-on run to shove dressing aside because people are really starting to go for. Um, we're talking doctored up macaroni oh, and true. cheese. You know, bacon and all the other junk. Yeah, like what you, what you find in a nice restaurant. Yes, exactly right. right. And speaking of nice restaurants, since this is for our Sioux Empire area, mm -hmm. you've been to Blarney Stone, right? Several the, times. So, And you know that kind of egg rolly thing they do that's really a, a Reuben? Yeah. Okay, this is my idea to them. You put inside that egg roll a uh, turkey dressing little bit of mashed potatoes, uh -huh. and then you fry that, and then you dip that in like cranberry, right? Uh -huh. And you've got a portable version of Thanksgiving. Go Blarney Stone, go. Absolutely. Yeah. I dropped that seed on the waitress, and she said, that's really good. Yeah. And I don't, I don't know if it made it uphill. Maybe it got jammed somewhere in the middle, so now I'm trying to go from the other side. I'm trying to, I'm trying to get that on the menu someplace, and they look like a good place to go. They would. Yeah. Yeah. Ode to food might be another good oh, one to try. Oh, good one. Yeah. Uh, you know, and if they both have it, then they can have, instead of Burger Wars, they can have Thanksgiving Egg Roll Wars. Thanksgiving Egg Rolls. <laughs> I wonder how many people actually do egg rolls for Thanksgiving. There's probably well, a few. What you like about egg rolls is they make everything portable and crunchy right. and savory. So really, you could put any kind of a meal in an egg roll, and it would taste pretty good, right? True. We've had uh, several varieties. I always like, you know, like the Southwest egg roll and so nice. forth. Nice. Those are always good. Like those, like those, like those. <clears throat> good. With this whole fusion concept. Let's just take the food we like from anywhere and mix it with other food we like it from another place and pow, put it on the menu. Yeah. I'll try it. It might have to be a cup pow or something. Though. Yeah, I see. Yeah, I see what you did yeah there. we'll yeah. market it that way. <laughs> Get the old, uh, you know, uh, burst and so forth. The, the Batman, Batman punch. Kapow. I see what yeah. you did there. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, what are you doing the thing the day after Thanksgiving? Anything well, special oh coming up? Oh my goodness! Well, you know that. <laughs> he yeah, said so, with a loaded. So, uh, well, yesterday we were up at Pier to light the tree at the state capitol, and my wife is the director of the Chanters, which is a shrine group that is singers, male singers, right? Yes. And so I'm a part of that. So we sang that, and that was the very first salvo in. 53 events that we're doing between now and the end of the year. And 30 of those events are going to be the radio show I do. Right. So uh, tomorrow at uh, 1 o'clock, I'll be on Kello FM all the way up to Christmas Day. I say tomorrow. I mean the day after Your Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. Uh, all the way up to Christmas Eve between 1 and 3 o'clock, I'll be on Kello FM. And then uh, 12 events in there that I'll be doing the on-stage show. And I am just, I'm trying not to get worried about it. Mm -hmm. Just try to take every 24-hour period at a time. And really one of the great things about it, Dave, is that I prefer not to do radio in the technologically advanced way, which is called voice tracking, where you can just cut to the chase and say what you're going to say and move on. 
I prefer to just sit in the room and then listen to Christmas music because I like Christmas music. And then it makes me feel good. And then I tell stories that make me feel good. And then after a couple of hours of that, it's a very therapeutic and it helps me manage the stress of the holidays. And then by the time Christmas Eve comes, I just feel a really good, really good. How long have you been in love with Christmas? Hmm. Oh, I don't know. How long have I known about Christmas? Four? <laughs> Four, five, yeah. right? What's the first present that you remember getting? The electric train. Oh, nice. Yeah. <laughs> the old Lionel style. Oh, I was just going to ask, was it Lionel? Yeah. yeah. Oh, o boy. O 27 gauge. Oh, my. Yeah, the big stuff. Oh. I, I, I would I, I would be a sled for me. It was a little... Uh, it was okay. A, it was from um, Sears Roebuck. Mm -hmm. Had a ribbon on it. It was about like yay high. Like three feet high, but in my memory as a little kid, it was like, you know, quite tall. And it was under the tree. It was from Santa. And I remember asking my mom, I talk about this on my show, uh, how come how come it's from Santa and it's from Sears? <laughs> and my mom, quick right back. Well, during the busy season, Santa will subcontract to other toy makers. I like well, it. Well, I, I didn't know that. You New know, information. Anybody that, uh, you know, portrays Santa mm -hmm. likes to have little nuggets like that, I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's nice to have that in the back in the back pocket, right? Very true. Hmm. Uh, so for you, it was a sled. For me, it was a, a, a train. But, you know, one of the things that, that happened about, oh, seventh or eighth grade, mm. I have a December birthday. Oh, no. Yes. How close to Christmas? The 15th. Oh, no. Yeah. Well, so, here, this is for both holidays. Well, no. See, my, my parents said, okay, you're getting to the age now that you're obviously wanting bigger things. I know you, you'd like to have a stereo. Mm. So would you like to have one big present to cover both? Or would you rather have two presents? And what was your I, answer? Well, I wanted that stereo pretty bad, so I said, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll go for one. Now, the best part about it is... They gave you one speaker and then the other speaker? No, 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 okay. no, no. no. I, got, I got the whole stereo. <laughs> they didn't pull that trick. <laughs> but what they did do is my mother just absolutely cannot resist getting one more thing for somebody. And you knew that. You, did you know it, that? It was inkling in the mind that I bet it's possible, and then she proved it, and then every every year after that, it, it was that way. So, and they didn't say we're going to give you the double presents on Christmas. No, so I actually got the big <clears throat> present. Yeah, you knew that on the happen. birthday. That was yeah. smart. That's a good play. Along with the uh, pancakes in the morning. Oh, on that, your, on that your was birthday. birthday tradition in our in mm -hmm. our household. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. What about on Christmas? What any food traditions for Christmas for you? Yeah, Cornish game hens. Oh, nice! Yeah, is that really just a small chicken? What are we? What is Pretty that? Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. And okay. In fact, uh, that's what we are having for Thanksgiving. Hmm. You know, it's just the two of us here, and so we'll each have a Cornish game hen. So you brace yourselves. See what I did? There? <laughs> brace a Cornish. But up. Okay. okay all, right. all right. You know what? You're wearing the headphones, so I can actually do it. There, well, there we go. Yeah, Seriously, we got one folks, in. here all night. <laughs> Try the peel, tip the weight stuff. I'm here through the weekend. <laughs> oh, how about this one? You ready for this? Okay. I just got this one. That's right, because okay. you have done dad jokes I have. on Kelloland Living before. Okay, so so here's one. So so a, a a priest, a minister, and a rabbit walk into the blood plasma center to donate, and the person says to uh, the rabbit, oh, what what's your blood type? He, th he says, I think I'm a typo. 
See what I get there? Okay, give me that on. Give it a give me it. You need it, that it, one. Yeah. There we go. Say, yeah. say. It works maybe better in print, but you get it, right? right. I, I think I'm a typo. I think I'm a typo. Okay, got it. All right. But Rabbit. Yeah. Anyway. It, you go well, on. especially if you think of what? Minus the T. <clears throat> yeah. You got, got it. Right. There we it go. It takes a little bit on that one. So you're you're a clever man. Oh, well, thank you. You know, you don't just come out with a uh, a bada bing bada boom. No. Um, you know, set up, set up, punch. <laughs> you you have things that you go. It's just like that one little girl uh, on the dad jokes commercial mm-hmm. where the one kid says, banana, yeah, mm-hmm. and then the girl goes, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But uh, you do tell stories that are absolutely yeah. amazing. Yeah, and thank you, uh, I, I've been uh, doing some work for you mm-hmm. uh, for some outside uh, things that mm-hmm. uh, contain those stories. And I, I got to tell you, you, you hit me with one the other night when I was listening. Which one? Carl. Oh, yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is, is that going to be in the uh, in the repertoire on uh, Kello FM? Oh, yeah. It is. Okay. Absolutely, yeah. Good. So yeah. we can tease people to listen yeah. to that. One, one of the things, so Carl. so so what, what Dave's talking about is I do a, a, a syndicated show, and I do a live show. And this is the difference between the two. On a live show, much like it is in in, in theater, uh, it's performance art, and so you can use other people's material because it's not fixed in any way. You're just presenting it. And so what happens is that when I get stories sent to me, if I check, if there's an artist somewhere in the ether, right, I don't really feel right about editing their stuff Mm because it's their stuff. And and so um, I should say it this way. Let's use an example of O. Henry's uh, The Gift of the Magi. Okay. It's a great story. It takes 14 minutes to read it if you were to read it just going. And it's it's very archaic. It's written in the 19th, right around 1900. The language is not the same today. So when I read that on the air, I completely change it so it's shorter and so it fits the modern ear. And it's in the public domain, so good for me. Right. There's another story called A Letters from Teddy which was written by an actual person, Elizabeth Ballard is her name. And when it, I got it sent to me, her name was scrubbed off. And I hate that. And I see that over and over again. People send me something from, quote, anonymous. And then I spend a fair amount of time seeing if I can find the, the actual author. And if it is, then I give them credit when I do the live broadcast that's not fixed in any way on Kello FM. When I do my syndicated show, that is recorded in perpetuity, and now I can't use those. I just don't feel it's right. So then it's either original material or it's public domain or it's stuff that I cannot find the actual original person. So I feel like it's just, you know, it's anonymous, right? What's your favorite story? Well, Car- I mean, I love them all, but it's like yeah. your kids, right? They're true. So this is what I do know. I mean, like when you said the story about Carl, and maybe I just won't, I'll just give a quick synopsis yeah. of this, right? So Carl's this older gentleman. He's in his 80s. He's volunteering at the church to water uh, flowers. And it must be in kind of a rough neighborhood because he's watering the garden one day and this these three gang members come up and they, they shove him over and they douse him with water and... And he doesn't do anything. He just, you know, offers him a drink from the hose. He goes back to his uh, job, and then they see him again a couple of weeks later. This time it's towards the fall of the year. 
and they soak him to his skin and they take his watch and his wallet and he's just and he's just he doesn't do anything and of course the minister who's in charge of this whole thing sees it all from afar he can't believe that carl is you know so stoic in this and he says well they're just kids it's fine it's none of my business and then he um get now it gets towards the later part of the year now it's like november and then uh, he's watering the garden, and this guy comes up from behind him, and he, he thinks it's another gang guy. And it is. It's this uh, the, the leader of the gang. He's a big, tough kid. And he says, uh, you know, I ain't here to hurt you. You know, I'm here to give your stuff back. And he had the wallet and the stuff he stole from him in a paper bag and gave it to him. And he said, you know, we just tried to intimidate you because we could, and you didn't. And that was, uh, you know... Anyway, here you go. And he walks away. And then uh, Carl uh, dies a couple of weeks after Christmas. And this big tough kid is in the uh, is in the audience. And he hears the pastor talk about the the love and and the kindness that Carl had for his fellow man. And he said, "We need more gardeners like him in the world. You know, planting seeds of kindness." And then the spring cult rolls around and this uh, minister answers the door and there's this big tough looking kid with the scarred knuckles and he says, hey, uh, you got a job to take over for Carl's, uh, you know, garden. And the minister says, well, sure. And so now this kid starts doing the same job and he does it for about a year and a half and he's 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 changes over time. And then finally he goes to the minister. He says, well, I'm turning my notice uh, I'm leaving, and the t and the guy says, "What's going on?" I says, "Well, you know, my my girlfriend is now my wife. We have a little baby son who was born, and I'm taking a job in another city." And uh, the pastor says, "Oh, well, that's great news." And uh, you know, what's the name of your son? And the guy says, "Carl." Yeah, yeah, and of course, in the, if I if you listen to it as I read it word for word. It can't help but bring a tear to your eye, and and you should know that when I read these stories, it brings a tear to my eye, even if I've read them thirty times, mm. because there's truth in them, right? It, the story, I don't know if that actually happened, right? But it doesn't matter because things like that do happen, happen all the time. What's happened to you that uh, you you think has been a, a great story? Okay, just in the last day, okay. So we're heading out to go to Pier to Light the Christmas Tree, and uh, we're waiting behind this girl. And you see the word, you see the look on their eyes, right? And she's at the counter, and the lady says, "Sorry, I didn't go through." Okay, um, okay, uh, try twenty. Okay, we'll see. And she says, "You know, sorry." And I said, "Well, is that your car out there?" I says, "The fill it up, fill it up." Why? Because. I remember that, don't you? Too I, many times. I, I, re, I remember filling up the car and then taking the hose and lifting it up to get the extra measure of gas. <laughs> I, you look at any pump and just look at the numbers the next time you get your gas. How many of them say $5 exactly or 7 True. or 10 And what they're saying is that I don't have enough money. To fill my tank. I have enough money for today and maybe tomorrow I'll get paid, right? So I said... Fill it up. She said, you know, I don't know what she said. She said, thanks. And she got in her car and she drove away. But it, it, it doesn't matter because I was able to, in that moment, uh, see 
what maybe other times in my life I hadn't seen, right? And so that that was that was a great blessing to me cuz cuz I could see and I haven't seen it before how blessed I've become. The young man that could not afford to fill up his tank with gas now has a surplus enough to help a strange kid fill up their tank with gas. And then today I was getting something at the store and I was reaching through to, excuse me, I need some whipped cream. And it turns out that these this mother and her daughter were there and I know them. I've, I'd, I'd forgotten that, that my wife taught school with them. And my wife is a choir director and she's extremely talented in that when you sang in her choir, it didn't matter if you could sing, it mattered that you came. And so all kinds of kids from all different manner of, you know, surpluses or deficits would show up. And this girl, and I think I'll say her name, Morgan, was a delightful person who had a smile like a 300 watt light. And, 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 not, and, and so I asked her, what is she doing? And her mom said, well, she goes to you know, adult daycare still. So she will probably never have a job that pays money. Mm-hmm. And I said, but you know what you, know what you have is an amazing smile. There's a lot of people who are sad or crabby in the world, and you cannot be sad or crabby when you when I when when you smile, and that is your gift. And you know we minimize some things like that, don't we? We say, well, your value is your paycheck, and so today I had a chance to see again uh, two gifts. My wife, who really was uh, instrumental in having that girl have a good experience in school. And then, you know, that they remembered. They remembered who Mrs. Gould was. And that girl who is older now, I suppose that maybe she's in her early 20s, still has that same delightful and beautiful smile. And I think for the next 30 days or so, I will have an opportunity to think on the best of humanity, of the blessings I have, and I've recorded many of them, and many people have sent them to me. And I just get a chance to read at what the best of us is. And it's the season of light. And I don't care if you're cynical. I don't care if you don't believe a word I'm saying. I'm not talking to you. I'm talking to the people who know that what I'm saying is true. I'm talking to you. And I'm glad that you joined me on this journey. And a lot of people do. I mean, they say that the listenership online uh, triples because they listen from other towns. And it's people who are just tired of the cynical nature. They're tired of the news cycle. They just want to feel good again. And the stories I tell them remind them there's great reasons to feel great. This is a wonderful time of the year. And and I'll just tell you this, because I've done this before. I've done good deeds during the holiday season. Everybody says, thanks. You try to do a good deed in March, <laughs> they don't believe it. They don't believe it. What's this for? Well, I just thought, oh, is this a scam? Yeah. So, so that they, But everybody gets that in the month of December, if, if you pay for their, their gas or you give them a gift card or you, and they go, oh, okay. But if you, in in June, if you say, I'll buy your gas, well, who are you? (laughs) 
Well, I don't know. You and the manager has to come over. Oh, geez, Louise, get out of here, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, see, I know that there is a, a particular Santa Claus that occasionally has to get a burger mm -hmm. uh, and go through a drive-through, and then he will pay it forward to the uh, person, the behind. next next person in line. And I've heard people say, you know, don't do that because it messes with the staff, and then they have to do on <laughs> it. Okay, well, maybe, maybe, maybe that's true. Maybe that's true. Maybe maybe what you do is you buy a stack of gift cards or I don't I don't know, whatever, right? But the point of the matter is that um is that for once we're looking outside of ourselves and we're trying to look back and uh and help. And so so to that. And if you're listening now and you have kids, this is fun to do. I did it for a number of years. In fact, somebody reached out to me the other day. Do you still do the Amazing Grace? Uh, no, but I teach other people how to do it if you're interested. And it's sort of a combination between a um, scavenger hunt and a pay it forward type thing. And the concept is this. We all agree that we should do something good, but it's never really the right time now. So when I add elements of a game and competition, I really have this fun thing. And it takes like like two hours and you get a group of people competing against each other, you know, go help somebody ring the bells of the Salvation Army 10 times, get a picture with them, buy them a cup of hot cocoa, run down to the statue of David, look for Rudolph and blah, 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 and just run all over town and have a high old time. Tremendously fun. So uh, I did this with uh, when my kids were younger and my daughter Mallory was 15 and the concept was um, you, had to go find, you had to go to a convenience store and wait and see if you could find somebody who had an older car with child seats in the back, at least one child seat, and pay for their gas without them knowing. So she goes to this convenience store downtown Sioux Falls. And you know what they don't like at a convenience store? When a, when a kid stays lurking in the back. Yeah. And so she gets rousted by the, so she tells him what the deal is. He said, oh, okay. So he starts, he's now in on it, right? <laughs> so he looks out, he's like, oh, there's one there right there. And so there's like a, an extended cab, white pickup with a ladder rack on the top. And this gal in her late 20s and one of those puffy uh, white coats with the, with the hoods of the fur and, and two kids in the back. And he goes, uh-oh, she's trying to pay at the pump. So he runs out there and says, no, 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 you can't do that. And she says, well, what do you mean I can't do that? And she starts getting a little feisty. And he says, he ruins it. And he says, because like, <laughs> that kid wants to pay. And he points to, to Mallory, who's trying to Set stay hidden. in such an elaborate way, too. And, uh, and the woman just stops. And she walks up to Mallory. And she says, what are you, what are you doing? And, you know, Mallory... She didn't say anything. You know, one of the things is you're not trying to tell people, you're just trying to do a good deed and not have them know it's part of the competition. She said, and she doesn't say anything. And the woman says, well, so uh, my husband's a subcontractor and people aren't paying him. He hasn't been paid for 120 days and some jobs he's done. And I'm at the pump. And the reason I was so flustered, I didn't think there would be enough money in this to take it. And then she gets tears in her eyes and she gives this 15 year old kid a big hug. Yeah. And she says, 
he will never know what this means to me. Now, I don't know where that woman is today. The story I'm telling you is approximately 18 years old, right? But I do know what that story has done to Mallory. Christmas has never been the same for her. It's never been about the gift ever since that day. So that's a... And I, I do hear people who have heard that story or stories like it, and it's changed how they do Christmas. And I have people... I mean, it's, it's, it's a strange thing, uh, Dave, because... You know, I don't know these people, right? They know me, or they know my voice, perhaps, and I'm part of their Christmas tradition. What an honor that is, right? I mean, I'm, I'm every bit as much as Grandma's apple pie or, or the cranberries or Thanksgiving Eve. I'm part of what they do during the season. At this season, when they're driving or when they're putting up the tree, they have me on telling stories. And what an honor that is for them to come up to you and say, hey, you're part of our, you're part of our family. And again, I don't know these people, but I guess I kind of do because uh, we talk and the, the, the gift of that is um, very powerful and, and it, it truly is a gift. I'm, I'm grateful to have it. We're talking with America's storyteller, Jeff Gould, and we'll be back with more of him in just a moment. Sure, they have darts, and you've heard me talk about how ruggedly handsome the trivia host is, but all caps fun never stops at the Sky Lounge and Tea. And fun is best had with your friends enjoying live entertainment, as in live and local. Yeah, the Sky Lounge believes in giving you the best bands, solo artists, and comedians from the area. The Neo Johnsons, Elizabeth Hunstead, Skylar Volks, as well as many others. And a great staff will make sure you enjoy your fun at the Sky Lounge in T South Dakota. Dr. Perry Langston and Dr. Corey Tooney know excellence is in you. That's why they provide you with excellent care at Exo Chiropractic, improving your overall health in spirit, body, mind, and will. Get results the natural way. Arrange a consultation, 605-332-9235 or exochiros.com. Excellent care for excellent people. Exo Chiropractic, located at 4309 South Racket Drive in Sioux Falls. For him, every day is a holly day. Here again, Dave Holly. Welcome back. Jeff Gould, America's Storyteller, is here, and we are talking stories, but uh, we're also talking about everything that he's involved in. He's already talked uh, quite a bit about uh, his radio show and the syndicated radio show, uh, but uh, that, that's not all. You are an author. You do these live shows as well. Mm -hmm. uh, so before we get to the books and so forth, tell us about the live shows you're going to be doing over the holidays and where people will be able to take those in. Well, one of the things that you notice about radio, and you understand this, Dave, that right now people are listening probably one at a time. And so it's like we're all we're sitting at a table and, and our listener is sitting right here and they're part of the conversation and we're talking as such. When you do it in theater, as you're also aware, now you're talking to a large group of people and the dynamic changes. Now, we can't hear this person smile or lean in or nod to our podcast, although we sense this is happening. When we do it in front of a crowd of, say, 100 to 300 people, we see it. And they come in as strangers, 
And as I tell stories that are ones like I've told you now, they nod and they smile and they brings to mind stories that they have that are similar and they leave as friends. And that's a really nice thing. And so uh, I wanted to see if it would be possible because it's a whole different kind of magic. So it's an onstage show and I did it in 2019, one place at Hamry Hall and uh, I, I, I didn't do very well on it because it was my job to not only do it, but promote it. And that's really, so, so <laughs> I was telling this story because it's so funny to me, that joke about the guy who's doing Hamlet's soliloquy and, and people are starting to throw tomatoes and he's, don't blame me, I didn't write this. <laughs> and, and I'm thinking like, as I'm promoting, wait, but, 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 but I did write this yeah. and I'm acting it. it it's a hundred percent on me. So... I started walking away from it about three weeks ahead. I thought, this is a bad idea. This is a bad idea. But, well, anyway, about 150 people went. <clears throat> and one of those guys was named Bob Euchre. And uh, he said, I really like that show. Would you like to do it as a fundraiser for the Shrine? I said, Bob, I'm your man. If you're going to do the promotion, that's all I need. I said, I will tell you this. When I do the show, it is not really about the stage area because I'm just trying to create memories in people's minds. So it's designed to be portable. And so it's the stage of their mind. So he hears portable, he, he hears small. And the next year he says, I've, I've got us booked at seven places. <laughs> and this year he says, I've got us booked at 12 places. Oh my. Yes. And last year he said, can you do that show, A Prairie Christmas on stage? Uh, outside of Christmas. I said, sure. No, no, you can't. We thought we'd go down, we, we thought we'd go down to Mesa, Arizona. And we thought, well, sure, those people, after Christmas, they'll do it. So we went down and did a tour, because this is Bob, Mr. Travel the World, right? We go down there and we say, how about Christmas in Jan? Nope. How about Christmas? And nope, nope, nope. They want it when everybody else wants Christmas. So the appropriate Christmas on stage can only exist in, between, Christmas. in the Christmas season. Maybe the middle part of Jan of November, but it's going to be done on Christmas Eve, and that's just the way it's going to be. So this is why I'm just not going to do that many shows. I want to lose my voice. And it's at aprairiechristmas.com, aprairiechristmas.com. Did I say aprairiechristmas.com? Yes. Okay. Because if I, I, you need to say it three times so people remember it. So aprairiechristmas.com, now it's in there, right? Okay. Three times. Maybe that was four. I don't know. We'll see. But you go there, <clears throat> and then you can get all the times and places for the show. And then he said, do you have a show that can run outside of the season? And I used to work at uh, funeral homes, and I would do presentations on the faces on Mount Rushmore. And I said, I have this great concept called America's Story. And I, I think that would be very powerful to do because I see stories as powerful, not just entertaining. And when you see a person who's a little bit down and depressed and they don't, it's because they've forgotten their story. I've seen it over and over again. And Americans have forgotten their story. They, they, are, they are, I don't know, they're, they're, they're anxious. And America's story is absolutely phenomenal. Okay, so I'm 61. The country is less than four times older than me, right? Mm -hmm. That's pretty spectacular that a country has done everything this country has done in such a short period of time. Now, as a parent or coach or teacher, you would never go to a young person or child 
and tell them all the horrible things they've done and all the bad things they are, because that doesn't work. If you talk about that, you heavily balance it with their gifts, with their possibilities, with their passions, what they were made to do. Now, I love history, and I could sit down and tell you probably a hundred things that America has done that are really, really bad, and that is not going to help us. Instead, it's the American dream. It's the American experiment. It is the light to the world. It has done tremendously good things. It is it is achieved spectacularly beyond anybody's possibility. And it is just beginning. And Dave, we're Americans. We have always fought with each other, but we've always fought with each other because we get it. We understand the power of it is of, of, of living in a land in an experiment like we have today. So we're coming up on 250 years for the country. In four years, we'll be 250 years old. And my, my goal is very simple. All I want to do is have everybody hear my story in America, about America's story, so they can feel good about it, right? I love it. Yeah. So, so And this is another Bob Uecker uh, promoted I mean, thing? Bob Uecker production. Yeah. Who, yeah. who, by the way, is responsible <laughs> for the title America's storyteller. Yeah, well, oh, uh, so, so that's true. So, so here it is. Uh, I did a perfect Christmas on stage last year at the Alliance, and it was called America's Story <clears throat> because it's for veterans. And the city attorney, uh, Stacy Koistra, got up and introduced me because he's involved in the Alliance to a great extent. Here's America's storyteller Jeff Gould, and I, I didn't hear it. I was no, and Bob, but Bob Uecker did. Oh, bull, 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 bull. And he grabbed that thing. And, and here's the thing, what I what I love about it. Um, those of you who have a business or are trying to, you know, make yourself known in the marketplace, how do you come up with that, that slogan, that name that cuts through that people can remember? So when I started my new career four years ago, People would say, so what do you do? I said, well, <clears throat> I tell stories to help people overcome obstacles of fear so they can live their life of passion, whatever kind of quarter they're in, first, second, third, or fourth quarter of life. And they go, oh, so you're retired. <laughs> no. And then I'd say, well, I'm a storyteller. And they go, oh, oh, that isn't that nice. And I didn't <laughs> like, like you're that. you're just going to the homes. <clears throat> and exactly, down. right. And so... Uh, so now I say, I'm America's storyteller. And they go, wow, well, tell me about that. Tell me about that. Now, uh, that is some pretty big territory to, to claim. And I feel I can understand a little bit like maybe Abraham was feeling all of those centuries ago. All he wanted was a family. And God said, we see those stars? Yeah. And he goes, well, wait, wait. And so, you know, I do believe that uh, I am following a path that, uh, you know, I pray about that stuff. And I just was trying to make a difference. And this America Storyteller seems like an awfully big project. But I'm going to try it. I'll try to be America's Storyteller, try to tell the story of Americans, uh, America, try to speak to as many people as possible, try to give them good things to feel good about. There's a, the Greeks would call it epideictic rhetoric. 
And that means rhetoric that draws people together, not that pulls people apart. And man, could we use some epideictic rhetoric. And when I tell stories, I'm always talking about the commonality of people and what draws us together, what makes us human. And people go, yeah, that guy's right. And they, and they, and they calm down and they focus and they feel better. And I, I could do that all day long. And, and, and this takes me, this allows me to do that beyond the Christmas season. So I have America's Storyteller the rest of the year on stage, out speaking. I have uh, a Prairie Christmas during Christmas season. I speak to companies on something called the Time Machine, and that's where I talk about, you know, I was just was hearing this person saying, we have speakers come in and they talk about, you know, millennials versus Gen X versus Gen Y versus, you know, all these generations, right? And how each generation is different. And, and there's all this kind of battling between, right? Well, here's the thing. Everybody in the first quarter of life always has the same issues, right? They're struggling for purpose. What am I supposed to do? And it's extremely confusing. That's a very confusing time in life. It's always been that way for people in the first quarter of life. Second quarter of life, they're struggling. It's it's the most difficult time of it. It's the most pressure packed because you got about a million things to do, right? You got kids, you got a career, you're trying to build on that stuff, right? And that's about relationship. If you're able to manage relationships, whether that's with a spouse or kids or employees or employers, if you can figure out how to work with people who are very difficult, people are, are difficult, you will have great success. The third quarter of life, which is what I'm in, and perhaps you as well. In a few days. Is the most productive quarter of life. Because now you can go back and kind of look at yourself and that person in the first quarter of life didn't know you like you know yourself now. So now you're able to let go of the stuff that you're not very good at and didn't really want to do anyway. And now you're able to really knuckle down and be what you were meant to be. And you have more time to do it. You have more wisdom to pursue it. And that is your journey in significance. And the fourth quarter of life is the most satisfying quarter, at least it should be. And this is where you seek honor, where people come up to you and say, thank you, you know, Mr. Holly, thank you for what you did. And, and it really is the harvest season for all the things you did in your life. And some people, well, I didn't do anything good. Well, but you learned many things. And the wisdom that you learned will be very helpful to somebody, you know, down the ladder. Well, I didn't do anything, right? Yeah, and there's wisdom in that. They're not going to believe. Okay, the, the guy, a prison, a guy out of prison, he ain't going to listen to somebody who wasn't in prison. But you, who served 30 years in prison, he'll listen to you. And your wisdom is made for him. And that's what honor is about, right? So even though kids who grew up and were 20 years old in the 60s are having a different experience than kids who are 20 years old right now. Let's not talk about the differences, about the technology and all the other things. This, what is the same has always been the same and always will be the same. And when we say 
look at what kids are struggling with today instead of saying oh kids these days and social media and they not get a life remember when you were 20 it's very difficult and now you can have a conversation and now maybe they'll listen to you because you remember and th those are the kinds of things i do with that uh, time cat that uh, time machine speech and companies like that so mm -hmm. all right the authoring how did that come about hmm. well i like stories mm -hmm. i love to read and i and i and i wrote a lot of copy right so commercials right uh, 90 words to a 30 i, I, I think uh, some of which i read yes absolutely <laughs> right well you know the trick then right yes oh, i have 30 seconds to do something original that's not redundant get the phone number in three times and be memorable okay, okay yeah. and if you and without voices with we don't have we don't have a big budget no sound effects go and go <laughs> and i need six of them so you get used to that that idea so I, I knew people in radio. Some of them are really interesting people. And I wanted to write stories about these people because they were such interesting characters. I knew a guy that was, uh, I just I just worshipped him, but he was an alcoholic. And I don't know what happened to him. And I just, I still think about him. And I wonder what, and I wanted to write a book about him and another character. And I wanted to save him. I wanted to redeem him. So I wrote a book about that, and of course I knew about radio, so I made it a small town radio station right. in South Dakota. And I needed a good villain, so I brought a little crime in there. So I, I thought, you know, so I had my hero, I, need, I had a villain, and I just simply wrote it like I would write commercials, right? I can't, I mean, 65,000 words, just so you know, is a book. 65,000 words, and that's a book. And most authors write 300 words a day. Well, what the heck? That's like three spots. <laughs> I could do that, right? So I wrote short chapters like I would write commercials. And so the first chapter would be, and I, you know what I don't like? When he walked in the room and he was, you know, six foot one inch tall and weighed 236 pounds. And it, you know, I, I don't like that kind yeah, of stuff. Yeah, let me picture it <clears throat> off yeah. of what you say, not exactly. Right. So what I did was that, you know, the first, he comes in. The, our hero walks in and the other guy notices him and he describes a couple of facets about him, right? So you, and you see him from the perspective of others. Some are dismissive and some are attractive and you kind of see who he is. He develops over time. And so he comes to work and he's drunk the first day and it's horrible. And then the next guy comes in in the morning. She's going, okay, he's drunk. And he kind of gives it. And then the and then the boss comes in because this is the big day for the press release. And what's his perspective? And then we start to see this character grow and really discover his heroism that he had forgotten about in his, you know, in his life. So I redeemed this guy. It's a great story. I love it. It's called Dead Air. You should buy it. And for Christmas, I have mine autographed. Yes, actually. you should get a hundred copies for your friends. I'll <laughs> autograph them. I have time. Well, I've still got a few that I haven't given out from last year from when I was published in something. <laughs> <laughs> so then I did the second one because of that. Whatever happened to that guy? Well, he continues to live in my mind. So they did the second one, Dead Heat. And then I did the third one, Dead End. And then the fourth one, Deadline. And they continue to live. And when I get time, I just download what's happening to them. And carry on, because it's um, it's fun. And the other books, 
are based on stories I've learned from talking to people at funerals, right? I've done probably 600 funerals as a celebrant. And you learn some really interesting things, really interesting things. And you go, wow. And I go home and tell my wife, Libby, and she goes, wow, that's a good story. And sometimes you go, oh, that's a great, oh, that's a smart. And sometimes you go, oh, ooh, Ouch. that's hard. <laughs> yeah. But there's wisdom in both. Mm -hmm. So I change the names and circumstances and just roll out those stories it's for people in that time period, right? So the first book is for people in the first quarter of life. The second book, which I just got about a week ago, that's for people in the second quarter of life. And I'll do one for the third and for the fourth. And then, you know, yeah. And, and it's all designed to, um, I guess, at the heart of the matter, I've always been a natural observer and teacher, right? So maybe you've seen this. When you observe something that's interesting to you, I can't stop myself from telling other people about it. <laughs> And it, it's kind of annoying if you know me a lot because, geez, just, you know, what? Mr. I've been called that too. Yeah. <laughs> I just don't, I mean, yeah. But but in small doses, it's uh, it's interesting. And people like to hear what I've observed. And, and, and the perspective I learn from others uh, is helpful to others. And those, those last two books, they're coffee table style books. They're illustrated. They're designed to be read in two or three minutes and thought about for two or three hours, just little snippets. And um, I've been so busy, I haven't even distributed that. It's down at the old courthouse museum. They're the only ones who have it right now. If I get my act together, I'm going to see if they'll have them at crossroads. They're usually interested. I'll probably get them down at Full Circle Book Co-op because my other books are there. I'll see if I can get them over to Zanbro's. And and maybe I'll try to get over to uh, Barnes and Noble, but I don't know that I'm going to make it this year. But they're always going to be on my website, right? So that's I got that going. And then this website is I like that story. dot net. Yes. Don't fret. Say I like that story. dot <laughs> net. Actually, they're linked together, right? Yeah. So if you go to a prairiechristmas dot com, it kind of right. links back, and you can get to both of them. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, the one thing that uh, with, with all the time that you've spent over here uh, this past year in in recording different things and so forth is that I wish I had been recording with a secret microphone because oh. normally uh, after you'd record, you'd sit down and we would uh, chat for oh half hour, forty five minutes sometimes. Yeah, as solopreneurs, right? Yeah. So what you're doing is different than me, but not so different. True. And we're just trying to knock kids together to figure out, you know, strategies to bust through the clutter and create our place, right? And I'm not trying to be, uh, you know, Justin Bieber or anybody. I'm just trying to be me. And I think that what you do has an audience. And the audience is big enough for you to make a living on it. And it's big enough that people go, yeah, I, I, I like that because this is cool. This is nice. We're not trying to be a chain restaurant. We're just trying to be a good restaurant that our regular customers come and enjoy the food and enjoy the evening. That's kind of what we're doing, right? Very true. And, and you're cooking, you know, uh, Dave Holly stuff and I'm cooking Jeff Gould stuff and we're across the street from each other and, you know, 
and we're not really competitors. You're we're right. just we're just you know a couple <laughs> of chefs trying to figure out how to. <laughs> to feed the masses, right? Well, and uh, you were talking about earlier with your, uh, you know, ideas for egg rolls. Yes. Yeah. Nice. So you, you're yeah. chefing it up there. <laughs> All right. Uh, so we started then uh, with uh, Thanksgiving and what uh -huh. we're going to be doing. So what about Christmas? What's what's on uh, tap for the Gould family? Well, I happen to be the uh, most blessed man in the Sioux Empire, I believe, because for 30 days... I run a race, and it's all about Christmas. I'm very, very busy, um, and I am forced to, for two hours, sit, play music I like, and read stories that make me feel good. And I am never surprised by Christmas. It doesn't sneak up on me. Uh, I'm never caught unawares. I don't have a sense of... Uh, bitterness and like well, whatever happened to Christmas, that kind of empty feeling that you, I would get before, right? Because mm -hmm. it sneaks up and I would somehow feel cheated. You know, I used to enjoy it and now I don't and I just pay the bills and what's going on and, and that whole thing where you sit around the, cre the tree and figure out, you know, I didn't buy any of the stuff and it, 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 just empty, right? Not the case. This time I am ready for it. I feel great I've done good work promoting the holiday. I hear good things from people that they enjoy it. Uh, I, I've I've been busy, and and when Christmas Eve comes at three o'clock, I'll go to the candlelight service, and I will be the. I'll have a smile, like ten thousand watts, and I'm gonna go home, and it just doesn't matter after that. I'll get up and I'll sit around and just enjoy enjoy the people and the stories and the laughter and i'll just try to just hold on to just an image that i can remember for that particular year yeah how about you well i will be busy on christmas eve right yes i, I have a particular suit that, you do, uh, yeah, yeah. Right. I, I wear on a Christmas. It's suitable, Eve. right? Uh, yes, it is very <laughs> much so. Mm -hmm. uh, and then the normally is it half or is it whole, whole, whole? It's whole. Okay, that's good. <laughs> uh, and uh, so I will get home. Oh, you know, nine o'clock ish, I suppose. Mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm. After uh, Mrs. C has mm -hmm. flown the sleigh, uh, and uh, we'll probably ha have our favorite meal of all time mm -hmm. called niblets. What's a niblet? Niblets are basically poor man's hors d'oeuvres. Mm. You know, mm -hmm. we don't have a big a charcuterie board. Meat and cheese tray. Meat and cheese tray, buddy. Right. That's what we're going with. Well, now, wait a minute. Now, don't, and you have like a little kind of like a fireplace, right? Yeah. yeah. Okay. So, oh, yeah. So yeah. we sit by that and we, I'm oh. sure we'll be uh, watching. Well, yeah, yeah. Mary, you, you want the moon? I'll, I'll, I'll get you the moon. I'll lasso it for you. <laughs> so we'll probably watch that uh, yeah. amongst many, many other uh, movies because, well, those kind of play year-round here. Nice. Yeah, that they do. America's storyteller, Jeff Gould, thank you, my friend. Certainly appreciate uh, what a having delight. you spend some time with you know, me and be on the show. I, I hope that two million people listen to this, but I don't care. Nobody did. I just enjoyed the time, my friend. Likewise. Yeah, yeah. All right. We'll be back to wrap up the Dave Holly Hour in just a moment. 
Helping women feel empowered and confident is what Posh Boutique at the Bridges at 57th does while supplying high quality clothing that fits your lifestyle, personality, and price point. Whether you want comfy and cozy, casual attire, or something for a special occasion, Posh provides quality, selection, and value. They carry sizes extra small to 3X and have something appropriate for any age. Feel empowered and get confident. Posh Boutique at the Bridges at 57th. Ladies, when it's time to give your nails some love, get that extra special treatment from Quality Nails on South Minnesota Avenue in Sioux Falls. Manicures and pedicures that look great and make you feel fantastic. Zaya and Tony provide professional care for your hands and feet, whether you just want the basics or an extra special look with added flair. Oh, and guys, it's okay to treat yourself too. Quality Nails. Call for an appointment. 605-334-1463. Isn't that nice? Thanks again, everyone. Thanks especially to Jeff Gould for spending the hour with us. Most of all, though, thank you for your interest in Sioux Empire Arts and Entertainment. If you haven't so far, follow us on Facebook and Instagram, which automatically gets you entered for Pizza with a Podcaster. For all 157 episodes, go online, DavePollyHour.com. As the Sioux Falls Arts Council says, together we art. As Art South Dakota says, always where the art is. As I say, put some art in your heart. Remember, I'm Dave Holly, and for me, every day is a holiday. The Dave Holly Hour has been brought to you by Posh Boutique, The Sky in Tea, XL Chiropractic, Quality Nails, Jesse Moffat Entertainment, and Sonny's Pizzeria. If you would like to contribute to the continued success of this podcast, simply buy Dave a cup of coffee. Go to DaveHollyHour.com and look for a coffee cup icon in the lower left. Don't forget to stay up to date on the show on Twitter and Instagram. Follow the Dave Holly Hour on Facebook, and you'll be automatically entered in our Pizza with a Podcaster contest. The Dave Holly Hour is produced in the Dipsy Doodle Studios by Big D Entertainment. Thanks for listening.